everyone. Thanks for joining us on the GYST podcast, where we discuss topics to help you get your together. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another edition of your favorite podcast, the GYST podcast, also known as Get Your together wow that was a little chaotic uh welcome everyone uh i'm one of your co-hosts rohila along with rohi you have kyle reed glenn rucks here and ladies and gentlemen back by popular demand is the famous author from his linkedin article about the pillars of success welcoming back our good friend zach kettner zach welcome to the studio buddy thanks guys happy to be here yeah Welcome. All right, fellas. Well, let's let's dive into this. So, uh, this quote is from the movie Eight Mile, and it's a it's a little bit of a old school movie. But one of the things that Eminem says as his character of Jimmy Smith Jr. is, "Do you ever wonder at what point you got to stop living up here and start living down here?" Again. Do you ever wonder at what point you got to stop living up here and start living down here? And the first time I saw that movie, that quote was all I could think about because I think that resonates so well with the majority of the population. Because one of the stats that we've tossed out there multiple times is 97% of the population will retire either dead or dead broke. It's only 3% that set themselves up for long-term continual success. And... Whereas he's taking an honest, reflective look at his life and saying, you know what, like all these dreams that I had as a kid, I, I'm not going to achieve those. And so do I just have to make the best of what I've got now and kind of just give up on everything? And I think when it comes to personal development, a lot of the people who are listening to this podcast specifically, you're entwined in the personal development world. You're all about success. And so you can just as easily flip that around and say, do you ever wonder at what point you got to stop living down here and start living up here? Because it's more about what you can do proactively. That's what personal development is. It's taking a proactive approach in your life. It's realizing that the results that have gotten you here are not good enough anymore to get you where you want to go. And you've got to change. You've got to evolve. You've got to set yourself up some new pillars of foundation to your success as Zach Kettner points out. And so with that, fellas, I just kind of want to open it up. Like all of us are here in a way that we realize the majority of the people are not recording a podcast right now, especially one around personal development. So we are doing something right away that sets us aside from other people. What else are we doing in our own lives that we can share with our listeners on ways that we're taking a look at our lives and saying, you know what? No, this isn't good enough. It's time for me to step up. It's time for me to take on holding responsibility and change and evolve and be the person that I want to be. I never want to stop dreaming and never want to give up and just want to continue hustling every single day to give myself the life that I want and make everyone around me a success. Ooh, look at you getting, getting your motivational speaker on. I like it. Fell into work mode there for a second. <laughs> well, the first things I want to point out is how you how you found motivation and demotivation, right? I mean that is a that is a sad, depressing statement when you really break it down and take a look at it. Like what he said. Yeah, absolutely. 
right? Yeah. And I think you find motivation in reversing that, in in taking what most people don't even realize they're doing, or or maybe if they do realize it, they're just looking because they're they are they're frustrated, they are tired of being challenged, and they just feel maybe they've been beat down. Um, and you know, so you you talked about what got me here won't get me there. And it reminds me of a quote. I think it was Albert Einstein. It says the thinking that has gotten me here has created some problems that this thinking cannot solve. Right. So it kind of echoes back to uh, creativity. Zach, when one of the pillars you had mentioned in, in maybe seeking some outside influence or advice and collaborating on that to, to solve that problem. But I kind of want to just point that out, Rohit, the way that you just took this, sort of depressing statement and you just flip a couple of things you 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 flip one word up and down you 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 literally just swap those when you got to stop living down here and start living up here and it completely changes the trajectory of the sentence mm-hmm. yeah and i think we come across that all the time right where the majority of the people will something negative happens and it completely derails them where I've seen with is with the three of you, I've seen moments that would frustrate anyone else to the point of being, you know, I just need to go outside. I need to take a time out. I need to get some fresh air, <laughs> but I've, I've seen all three of you at, at various places, either personally or professionally, just take a very, very quick mental time out. We're talking about like a fraction of a second and not let that thing bring you down and and flip it around to to positivity and and i've seen that with all of you guys so how how do you guys do that it's all in the way you analyze the situation for me i can i I look at it like i have full control over how i end up in my life i may not have control over when i die but i know i'm gonna die sooner or later so what can i do to make my life better until that end comes Um, i'm not going to let things come to me and happen to me i'm going to make them happen for me Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's kind of where i've been for the last i don't know how how long has it been now bro hit that i've been working three jobs (laughs) (laughs) uh it i i take the bull by the horns i want to get things done I don't like waiting for it to come to me. So um, if I want something, I know I have the power to go out and get it. I just have to find the path to get there. It's like a, it's like a mountain to climb, right? We all know that there's a peak to that mountain. And if I want to see the valley down below from, from up high, I have to find a path to get up there. No one's going to carry me. Mm-hmm. No one owes me a thing in life. I have to take what I want. Go ahead, Glenn. That's right. <laughs> Brothers and sisters. You, no, literally, if, if you want something in life, you've got to take it. No one's going to give it to you. No one owes it to you. Your parents don't owe it, owe it to you. They're, and in many of our cases, they can't give it to you. They may want to. There may be people in your life that care for you so much they want to give you everything you want in life. But the moment you sit back and try and let it happen to you, Mm -hmm. you've missed the boat. 
You failed. It is you that's going to make your dreams come true. That's good. How can we recognize that? How can we recognize when maybe we're just sitting back? Patience is a virtue, but if it's the if it's the only quality that you're you're putting out there at that time, then you're not going to accomplish anything. So when can we? How can we recognize that when we're just sitting back waiting? It starts with realizing that you are in full control and you are given exactly what you've got right now. You've made whatever happened to you happen. Choices you have got you here. Your choices, exactly. Your choices have brought you to where you are right now. So it sounds like you're saying that you just have to own your life. Well, we all own our lives, whether we whether we choose to let it happen to us or um, we but take do we though? Orange. Yeah, we do. do we do, do pe- own our lives. We're but do you think the choice one way or the other? But do you think the people, the majority of the population, sees it that way, or well, they blame the external factors? Of course not, because some people like to play victim, or they're so used to playing victim that they don't even realize that they are playing victim. Um, you own what you what you've got in your life. That's it. Your life is yours. No one else can run it for you. No one else can make every decision in your life. You have the ultimate say. So if you're sitting back and and things are happening to you at work, maybe you're going through stresses in life, your choices brought you to that point. So how do you fix that? Make different choices. What I've always heard is when you get in that position, it's just do the next right thing. So a lot of people sit back and they're like, this is always happening to me. I don't know what to do or where to go from here. You know, and it's do the next right thing. And one thing that that stood out to me when Rohit first talked about this topic was all of us thought that it meant something different. (laughs) I sure did. (laughs) It it makes me, (laughs) I had a friend once asked me, do you ever think about how you think? I was like, that is the stupidest question I've ever heard. But it, <laughs> but it made me think about it, right? And if, like Glenn said, if I'm thinking that things are happening to me, then I'm not out trying to be proactive and trying to make my life better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, for all of us, it takes a moment where things get bad enough or it impacts us enough that we want to make a change. And one of the corniest quotes that I enjoy is make your own luck, right? And so we often see people who we feel are very lucky. And then there's people like Glenn who, you know, get up and try to make a difference in life and then good things start happening to them. So I think it's, it's interesting how perspective plays into this, how we all kind of started in, in different spots. Uh, so how do we how do we recognize that? Like, for for you guys, it, you know, when you reach that moment of your ultimate low, like even right now, you know, you don't have to talk about it, but but if I were to ask you individually, think of the very lowest moment of your life. That was in the past. That happened once upon a time, and who you are now is completely changed because of that. But how do you stop that downward roller coaster and be like, no, enough. I've had it. I'm not going to let this 
like my life is spiraling out of control. I've got to stop right now. And it could, for some people, this is like life and death stuff. But for some people, it's, you know, it's not as significant. For me, my moment wasn't a life or death situation. It was just another normal Friday night. I went out with all my friends like I normally do. And I realized I'm sitting at a table and they're all talking about who had the worst week. You know, oh, I had a horrible week. I worked 40 hours. Well, mine, I worked 40 hours, but I only slept two hours or, you know, I had to work over, you know, whatever. We're, we're competing over who had the worst life. And that's when I had to take a mental time out and be like, no, I need to stop. I'm never going to surround myself with people who think this way again. Mine wasn't life. I mean, mine was life altering, but it wasn't a life and death situation. But I know there are some people who face life and death situations. So what are, what are some of the ways that you guys have recognized that moment of enough? I need to make a difference because not everyone does. Unfortunately, I'd say the majority of the people don't, they just live life day to day and don't really do anything proactive. But all of you guys, I have personally seen do things that are proactive. Man, I think, I think it starts with one of the obvious thing I think would be recognition, recognizing that where you're at today is not where you want to be. Um, and then I think the second thing would be belief believing that you can attain more and you deserve more. Uh, and then, and then lastly would be taking action, you know, putting a plan in place and, and creating a roadmap for how you want to get somewhere. Um, I think those are kind of maybe three things, you know, that, that you could take once you recognize something, that's, that's, that's the first step then how do you act on that? You have to believe in yourself, believe that you can attain more and, and more importantly, that you are worth more and you deserve more. Then and only then can you put in an action plan that you can execute. Because if you don't believe you can do it, you don't believe you're worth more, your action plan is likely going to be a waste of time because it won't come to fruition. You, you, won't, you won't execute it. I don't, I don't, I don't believe anyway. Ooh, I like that. So you're saying you have to identify what is your self-worth. That's a, that's a tough conversation to have with yourself. Very tough. Very tough. Especially when you're down. And I think ongoing, right? I, I think that no matter how successful or unsuccessful or wherever you're at in the spectrum, I think everyone has that conversation with themselves on occasion. Or maybe they begin to slip a little bit and start to believe, okay, well, maybe I'm not. Maybe I can't get there, you know? Or wherever there is, right? So I think that's like, an ongoing. I feel like that's why it's so important to have people in your life that will hold you accountable because it's not always easy to identify these things on your own. Oh, yeah. You know, and if you have people around you that that also want the best for you, they'll call you out on it and you might not listen when they do. But I guarantee when you're sitting by yourself and you're feeling down, you're going to remember that conversation. At some point, it will pop in your head. And when it does, it's kind of a moment of clarity that can change the trajectory of where you're going. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, I mean, we, we talk about this whole podcast is all about perspective, right? And getting outside views. And I think that's, you're, you're right. That's something that's critical. We can't all do it by ourselves. So I think the outside input is is pretty important. 
Clem, what about you, buddy? I figure you guys are done talking to me. I've been jawing away for a while here today. Hey, like man, we voice. never, we, we never <laughs> get tired of hearing your voice, Glenn. Well, to be honest, um, it's been one of those struggles in my life. It has. Most of you guys know where I came from. I don't know if I ever told Zach, but I came from Compton. Nice. Born and raised. Straight out of Compton. Straight out of Compton, man. Um, It's not exactly the most glamorous of areas. And was raised in a very religiously strict home. With a pastor as a father. And, uh... I don't. I I see the the struggles that many people go through. I saw the the area I was in and what could have been my future if I had just let things happen. I decided at a very young age I wasn't going to let things just happen to me, and yet, at some point, we all do. But once you've realized that you've let those things happen to you, it's. It definitely is an eye-opener. It's like, man, I really am responsible for this. I can't really blame anyone else for my lot in life. And how do you how do you prevent that from continuing to just kind of... Because those are, those are harsh, critical things to realize, right? How do you prevent that from just beating you down a little bit further? You know, I'm here because of myself and everything that I've done. And, you know, in... in uh, you know, not to be morbid, but that's a conversation that people who have taken their own lives have had with themselves shortly before they've done so, right? So I, I think it's important that we recognize the fact that we need to believe that we all deserve more, no matter what it is. That's you, the thing. More. You're, you're worthy. Of it. I think that's the real key right there is realize that you have worth. You are worthy of better yeah and the 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 only way you can get out of that is by taking that step and realizing you know what i deserve better how can i make it happen it's it's not always visible sometimes you have to go and seek help it could be as simple as just asking someone hey man i'm really struggling right now i need some help Maybe it's, uh, you know, going out and, and sitting in a library reading a few books. If you don't have the education, educate yourself. No one's going to offer it to you once you get out of high school. <laughs> and even in high school, they don't, they don't exactly give you the right education you need anymore. Yeah, it's been a long time for me since I was in high school. So I, don't, I don't know there. <laughs> what? I mean, one thing I, I think of too. Um, I mean, I guess I guess I'll pose this for everyone. Rohit, I think it was just you and I that had this discussion. Um, was the belief that everyone wants to be a billionaire? Yeah. Right. And and Rohit, you and I, I kind of went back and forth here on this one, and I I love the insight in general. Um, but I think this kind of falls in line with this topic, you know, where. 
you have yays and nays. Everyone does want to be a billionaire. Not everyone gets there. Or no, not everyone gets there because not everyone wants to be a billionaire. Well, is it because that at some point, the people that say they don't want to be a billionaire decided to say, you know, when do you stop living up here and start living down here? Because they decided to settle? Yeah, absolutely. It's that's that's, that's what I believe. Belief that seeped into people that, you know, if you could, and, and when we had this discussion, you had mentioned it. It's like, wouldn't you want to golf every day or, you know, five times a week and then go for a run on the weekends and this and that? And I was like, you know, my, my mindset wasn't even there. My mindset was, you know, I would say the upper middle class dream, right? Not necessarily pie in the sky. You could, you could golf anywhere in the world. You could take a private jet and bring friends with you and go do this or go do that. And you could ski all winter long or, or whatever that looks like, right? So yeah. I had asked myself at what point did I realize or did I begin to believe that that's not possible? Yeah. And what's interesting is I'll, I bring up this topic all the time with people, you know, when it comes to, to being a billionaire or, and even just a millionaire, we'll, we'll talk about that. And this no, is a conversation don't say, don't that, play that because I, I, I believe a million is attainable. And I, and I, to me in my head, a billion is unattainable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what's interesting is people will, I, I mean, it's it's crazy. The majority of the people that talked about this conversation say, no, money's not important to me. It's not about the money. Like, you know, that's too much money. You have different problems. And all they're doing is justifying negativity. That's not what it's about. So you're telling me if, if I gave you a billion dollars right now, you would say, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks, because I don't want the kind of problems that are associated with having that much money. No, I think it's, I think it's little by little we, you know, kind of going back to the quote, we stop living up here and start living down here. Whereas the people who truly get it in life stop living down here and start living up here. Uh, an example for me is when I, you know, I, I talked about my, my change of employment recently. I worked for, started working for a new company back in September and I was fortunate enough to, you know, to get a promotion within within a few months and, and set myself on a different trajectory. And I can tell you this right now, the very first day that I walked into that new role, I started already thinking about, okay, what is my next position and what do I need to do right now to start getting there? It wasn't, okay, now I'm in this new position. I need to learn it. I need to prove myself. No, it, it was, oh, okay, I'm as soon as I have a good handle on this, great. What's next? How can I contribute even more? Because I think if you wait for it to be comfortable and then you start looking for something new, it's it's not going to happen. That is what a comfort zone is. What you're saying is, how do I define my comfort zone? And then you get so comfortable, you're not willing to grow. You're not willing to be outside of it. And I think you start restricting yourself when that happens. Like, how do you, how do you guys do it? Like when, when you've realized that your life has been a culmination of all your past thoughts and actions, and you've got to start doing things differently. I mean, so far I've heard some great things. I heard you need to question what is your own self-worth. Um, Zach, you brought up, you know, you have to surround yourself with people who are going to hold you accountable. Those are fantastic things, but I can tell you right now, people don't do that because if, it's, it's different 
Zach, if I went up to you now and I said, you know what? You said you wanted to do these things, but you haven't been. You've been doing these things. There's enough of a respect to where you know what I'm really trying to do and you're not insulted by it. You welcome it and you love me for it. But I think if you did that to anyone else, people would be like, oh, who do you think you are trying to tell me my life isn't where I want to be and holding me accountable? Take a look at yourself. What are you doing in life? (laughs) I always think of this story whenever I get into these situations. Everyone's probably heard this story. There was a dad. He was an alcoholic. He didn't have a job and he had twins. And one of the twins was also an alcoholic and, you know, was in jail, couldn't hold a job. And the other brother went on to be a billionaire and owned a company and employed other people. And they were both asked the same question. Why are you where you are today? And both of them answered because my dad's an alcoholic. One of them felt like he was destined to be that. The other one used it to inspire change. And it's like Glenn was talking about with self-worth and what we actually believe about ourselves. You guys have brought up some really good points. Like people who, you know, Kyle said people right before they take their lives, like they have some of these thoughts that go through their head and how to overcome the negativity in our own brains of how we talk to ourselves. Right. And I think that it starts with self-talk. So like, if I notice that, I guess I think the first step is you have to notice, you have to want change. Nothing's going to happen unless you want it, right? So you have to recognize that there's something in your life that you want to change. And then you have to have the perspective that you can do it and positive self-talk, basically training yourself that no matter where you are in life, you can rise above and overcome that. You know, that's a really good question, Rohit. I don't necessarily know how to answer it is when we're in those situations, how do we talk to ourselves or how do we even recognize that we need to? Yeah, and I think that's what personal development is really all about, is asking yourself the uncomfortable questions because that's how you grow. And the more times you make yourself uncomfortable, I think, you're setting yourself up to shift your mindset. You're going from lack to abundance. And it comes from asking yourself difficult questions or recognizing that you're in, in a in a difficult predicament. Jim Rohn talks about the day that turns his life around. And for him, it was when he was 25 years old and there's a knock on the door and there's a little Girl Scout selling cookies. And she's like, you know, would you like to support us? $2 a box. And he said, thank you, but I've already, uh, you know, bought more than enough, you know, and she said, thank you. Really appreciate your support. And the truth is he didn't, he couldn't even afford $2. And that for him was the moment that turned his life around. And I think for each of us, we've had that moment to where we recognize, you know what, this is enough. Like I see the direction that I'm going in and I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want that lifestyle and I've got to change. And we've already outlined some some fantastic things. When when you guys were in that own moment for you, what you consider your lowest low, what were some of the tough questions that you had to ask yourself? I 
That is a tough one, Rohe. You're asking a very introspective question towards the tail end of this podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be one of our longer very, episodes. Very, very vulnerable, of course, as well, right? I mean, I think that's where growth comes from a lot of times also. Oh, man. I, you know, I think we'd first have to identify our lowest low and then, um, you know, kind of backtrack from there when we, when we, I like to use the word decided, right? I think when I think decide and commitment, I, I think align with each other a lot of times because to me, when you decide to do something, you're not going to let anything get in your way. And that's kind of aligned with a commitment to me. Um, that's rough. That's rough. I think maybe what we can do is have our listeners instill some of those questions into their daily, weekly, or monthly routines to prevent them from reaching that lowest low. But to answer that question now would be tough for me, to be honest. I'd have to, I'd have to really sit and, and do some thinking. Because if there is one moment that stands out, um, I've created some programs to block it from memory. And it's, it's, there's a lot of things in the way of it right now. Oh, and I think that's positive right there is recognizing that subconsciously you have created certain programs to not think about those kinds of painful moments. And we all do that. Yeah. And the people who really set themselves apart are willing to, like you said, be vulnerable. And second off, what you said was really dive in deep and realize that there are things that they might have done subconsciously to block things out. But by continuing to block those out, is it helping or hurting? You know, you can make a case for both sides. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, it's definitely something that I, I should probably dive into uh, a little bit further. That's for sure. But yeah, I, like we just discussed, right. Recognition is the first step. It's only one step, but it's, it's a good step. You gotta, you gotta take the next one. Once you, once you recognize that. Hmm. Dead air. (laughs) (laughs) This is where where being in person comes in handy, right? Because we, we look and we have physical cues as well as verbal cues. So pandemic recording dead air guys. Yeah. (laughs) I just, I call it lost in deep thoughts. Yeah. Not dead air, lost in deep thoughts. Were you contemplating Glenn that question? It's, it's a tough one to answer right now, especially. It, It really is. What do you got? What, what were I, you thinking? I can remember my lowest low, and I just had to look at myself. I only asked myself one question. Do I want to end up like so-and-so? I'm not going to mention that person's name. Because I saw what happened with this person's life. I saw where it ended. And I had to make a decision as I was heading down that same path. The way that person's life ended. Uh. 
I think for me, my my lowest low was also, uh, I got to a point where it was like, do you want to live or do you want to die? And if you want to live, do you want to live this way? And for me, it came down to, uh, I lost my father at a young age and I had young children. And when I was hitting this low, you know, I was drinking a lot. I wasn't feeling good about myself. And I remember asking myself that question and it came down to the one thing that that really turned it for me was I didn't want my children to feel what I felt when my dad died. Uh, And so from that moment forward, I decided I was going to build a plan. I was going to pick myself up by my bootstraps. I was going to change the friends that I was hanging out with that had a negative impact on my life. They didn't make choices for me. Obviously, I made them myself, but surrounding myself with positive people really helped me get out of that space. Coming up with the courage to actually talk about it with people really changed the course of my life. To be able to put it into words rather than just continue to internalize it. Yeah. Do something about it and take action on it. Yeah. And I think talking about it is, is more powerful than we think. Sometimes having a friend that you can trust and getting things off your chest just in themselves can make you change your perspective. When you say it out loud, sometimes you ridiculous or you sound or you figure out how ridiculous your thoughts really are. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's put it out in the air. What one thing, um, we discussed in the past is it is something that I'm uh, afraid of actually. And I don't do it a lot is I don't journal a whole lot. It's because it's putting your thoughts on paper and it makes them permanent. Right. And, and it's that fear of realizing how ridiculous some of those may be is now out there forever. And I think it's kind of the same, the same concept when you talk about saying them out loud, you know, it gives you another perspective. That's part of my, my fear with journaling about certain things and certain topics is, Oh, now it's out there. Wait a second. Did I want it to be out there? Was I ready for that? But that's what you got to do to, to take a look at that and make those changes. And I think sometimes we're not ready for it, but when we get it out there, we don't have a choice. And so it's, <laughs> yeah. really good to, it's a good way to jumpstart uh, changing your life. Yeah. Now, Zach, you, you, kind of brought something up that that's interesting that um if you don't mind like to kind of get your thoughts on you you said sometimes it helps just to have that friend where you essentially just need to throw up you know here's here's everything that's going on in my life what how to you what is the difference between a friend and a mentor because i i think depending on who you talk to you're going to get different results That's a good question. Uh, To me, a mentor is somebody who is or has been where you're going. And so whenever I pick a mentor, it's somebody, I'll use my career for example. My mentor has had the job that I have. He has the job that I want, right? So he's mentoring me on how to get there and how to continue to develop professionally. When I think about a friend that I can trust, It's somebody who I feel okay being a little bit more vulnerable with. Uh, It's somebody who I know can understand if I just want to vent versus have them try to tell me how to fix it. 
it's for me, somebody who I know without a doubt that they will keep it and not go share it with other people. Because when we're going to be vulnerable, I think that's the most important thing is that you know whoever you're speaking with is going to hold it. And you know, people show us that if they gossip about other people, if they tell you secrets that other people have told them or confided in them, that's probably not the person that you want to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, that that's fantastic. So what you're saying is when you are looking for guidance, that's where a mentor kicks in. But when you just need to vent and just get stuff off your chest and just, ah, you know, um, have that moment of decompression, that's when you turn to a friend. Absolutely. Like if you're driving three hours to and from work and you happen to ride with a guy, that might be a good time. Now, a follow-up question to you. Um, you are the only one amongst us who is married. Uh so when you do there? you, <laughs> when, when you talk to Chloe, there are probably times when you want her to be a mentor and times when you just want her to be your friend. Yeah. So do you tell her ahead of time, okay, honey, I, I need you to play this role for me right now. Yeah. Chloe and I actually communicate very well. We have very clear boundaries with each other. So we know that there are some things, um, I'll give you an example. I'll tell my wife anything. There have been times that that has not been the case. Uh, you know, I call it ugly honesty. Sometimes you have to be honest about things that are going to hurt or going to uh, put you in an uncomfortable situation. But it's those moments that really teach us who we're talking to with how they respond and how they react. Right. And if, if there's little things that you know you're going to tell somebody that lets them down, how people respond to that trains you that when a big thing happens that you don't want to talk about, that it's okay. Right. And so, getting back to your question, I don't necessarily have the choice. Like, Chloe will always speak her mind. Um, you know, but I'm okay with it because I know that it comes from a place of love. I know that she wants what's best for me in my personal life, my professional life. Um, you know, but if I need to vent, I just, our boundary is start with, I just need to get something off my chest. Something's been bothering me today. And if either of us say that, then the other person will typically try to come back with positive responses to try to shift your mindset. So rather, instead of trying to give you an answer, they just give you back some some positive feedback and support. Yeah. You know, like an example is if I didn't have a good day at work, say that I had a presentation and it didn't go well. She would ask me, well, tell me what you learned from it. What are you going to do differently next time? Right. And I might not want to hear that, but it starts, my mind starts going around, you know what, what did I learn today? And how can I implement that later? Instead she's of like redirecting, your, she's like redirecting your energy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Huh. Man, wow. Well, this has been it's been a delightful conversation, fellas. But we're uh, running a little little long here. Um, 
Stop talking so much, Rohit. My goodness. <laughs> uh, how, how about this? Uh, Kyle, do you want to take it away with your uh, Kyle Reed's two-minute takeaway? You know, I will. I will. I think I will. Um, you know, this this week's episode started with a quote that really actually, before I do that, I got to ask you, did you watch the movie recently or, or what inspired this today? That is a quote that has always kind of been in the back of my mind because and and it's one that I ask myself a lot because it's it's kind of like a, a self check for myself and am, am I falling into that trap? So it's it's a question that I ask myself all the time. Am am I like starting to settle? And if I am, then that's where I have to kind of kickstart myself. So it's it's more of a self check. It's a it's a quote that as soon as I heard, it, it was so powerful to me that I've just used it as that self check. Nice, nice. Okay, I like it. So you you have a cadence with this. That's that's beautiful. So I'll I'll say the quote now. I just wanted to as I was getting ready to dive into it, it made me think of you know kind of where it came from. Um, but it started today with a quote that is that is really sounds almost demotivating, right? It and it and it starts with this by Jimmy Smith Jr. Eminem's character on Eight Mile. Do you ever wonder at what point where you got to just say fuck it, man? Like when you got to stop living up here and start living down here. It's essentially him giving up on his dreams and his desires and just accepting the status quo. Whether I don't remember what his job was at the time, but just saying, you know what, I'm going to live in a trailer, I'm going to make minimum wage, and I just need to be okay with having top ramen and grilled cheese sandwiches. Um, and, and Rohit just literally flipped the words up and down, and, and that completely changes the entire trajectory of that sentence. So that's what we're asking our listeners to do is, is flip that around and take a look at those things and find out where you can recognize in your life you may have created programs and in responses and, and automated things that you're believing you're not deserving of X or Y. And, and another question it, that we use to ask ourselves is, does everyone want to be a billionaire? And if you say no, ask yourself why. Why not? You don't need that much money. Well, well why not? Are there problems that you see in the world that could be solved with money? If that money was yours, would you solve those problems? Why wouldn't you want to? So I think those are a couple of good things to take a look at and ask yourself as we close out this topic. Take a look at that quote and just flip it around and see how that changes your life. Um, once again, thanks everyone for listening. Zach, thanks for joining again this week. Special guests, we got a full house today, the four of us, myself, Kyle Reed, Rohit Rohila, Glenn Rux, and Zach Kettner. Appreciate y'all tuning in to the GYSE podcast. Get your shit together. And we hope to see you back next week for another fantastic episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening to our GYST podcast. We hope you learned how to get your together. 